At the Croc, Vanessa's kids play basketball while she unwinds in yoga. And on the way home, they always share tips. They can dunk from downward dog and make hook shots in headstands. Join more than a gym when you click the link. The Croc. Get into it. Meet Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as Premium Unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes. And that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good morning. Good morning. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. This is an interactive call-in show where your, uh, your questions... And uh, give us a call, and uh, we'll give you our top two or three answers and see what's going on. See if we can help you fix that car today before it gets hot. We are Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, guaranteed brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge. So you've driven past us, stop in, see us, talk to either one of us, and uh, we'll see if we can get your car fixed. I'm Bob. Next to me is uh, Carl this week. Kyle's on vacation. I think he must be at a Subaru convention or... Uh, it probably is. Probably is. We, you know, he, he, we fix a lot of Subarus. Subarus, Subarus, Subarus. We do a lot of that stuff. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's starting to war- it's starting to get warm up a little bit right now. It's starting to humid just a little bit. So you still got a little bit of time to yep to get out get there out and there and find some shade. And you know, the one thing I noticed is that um, it seems like, and we've talked about this in the past, but boy, it just seems like the part storage used to be three, four deep in every part. And they are just not three, four deep and in parts anymore. So they are not. When I say get up early, get on it, and get down to the parts store so you can get your part, um, it's true. Yep. <laughs> In fact, you know, I I just did it the other day. I had to. We had a, a, a car repair. We had a Kia that got stolen, and uh, it was in the shop, and we're gonna put putting it back together as we speak. But you know, I had to go through insurance and everything else, and by the time I they had plenty of it in stock, and by the time I was able to get back to them the next day, it was all gone. And Somebody uh, else had a stolen Kia. They got it first. Yeah, they got it first, and uh, now I had to wait a week to get parts to, uh, you know, that just, it just slows. I, you know, insurance is one of those things that you want to go through, so you get paid, but man, does it slow it's, the process it up. It does. We're usually, does. we are places, uh, our, you know, our repair garages are just about, I think 80 to 90% were in and out in one day, Yep. in and out in one day. And, uh, you know, there's that 10, 20% where we can't because we, we just can't get a hold of the parts. And overnight freight has kind of gone by the wayside. You can still yeah. get some, but. Yeah. Yeah. There is some overnight freight where we, we pay for overnight, but there's no guarantee it'll happen. Right. So you get to, that's an interesting concept where they, you pay for. 20 30 40 dollars for overnight freight you still get charged for it but it's here in three days yeah i I, (laughs) just it's uh that the overnight part is uh deceiving and there are other places that when they say overnight boom it's overnight it just it just uh depends on who you're dealing with and how you're dealing with it so 
Yeah, I you know we I think we did a simple repair. We did a water pump, uh, a fan belt, and a tensioner the other day on one vehicle, and all the parts had to come from all over town. They they didn't have one spot, and nobody had just one all the stuff. So it's like, oh my gosh, really? So out that one went. Three more came in, so we fixed three more, and then waited for everything to show up two and a half hours yeah. later. Put it so, back together. That's kind of why we say get on it early. Yep. Otherwise, you tear it apart in the old days where you just tear it apart, go down to the, to the parts store and grab everything. You go back, put it on, or, or there's some planning involved yeah. now. And if you know what you need, get it early because it might not be there. Right. Right. Exactly. All right. We're going to head over some calls to get some calls in today. So uh, Sally's got an 04 Impala. Sally, what's going on today? Well, um, I'm not quite sure. My 14 Impala is the newer style. Um, it's got 147,000 miles on it. And here recently, maybe about a month ago, it started chugging when I move it after I start it. When I pull it down into gear, if I don't let it warm up, it will literally chug and lose power. And I just have to pull it over and sit there and wait a few seconds. And then it regains its power, and it goes just fine, and it runs all day long, and I don't have a problem with it. I took it into my mechanics. Uh, they put it on the computer two different times. There are no codes. And uh, so they looked up uh, service bulletins, and one of the bulletins that came up on this thing was, um, if it has this type of engine with this type of transmission, there are um, it's a flaw, and there's nothing they can do to fix it, and it is not to be attempted. Now, my problem is, okay, if I can't fix this car, and it runs like a top any other time. I love this car, and it's great for traveling in. Almost all the miles are uh, highway miles. Um, but if I can't fix this car, have you heard of anybody else having the problem? And if so... Uh, how much longer do I have to drive this car? Because I, you know, it runs fine otherwise. Yeah. I, at this time of year, though, I have to, when I start it now, what they told me was let it let it warm up for a few seconds. I do that. It doesn't chug. Yeah, you know, with nowadays cars, um, we're just so used to turning the key, opening the garage door, and away we go. We don't even warm them up like we used to in the old days. I mean, uh, nope. I, I've not really run across this particular one that you have that there's there's uh, TSB out for something that cannot be fixed and don't attempt it. Yeah, I I've not seen that. I've not run across that on any particular car. Not that it's not out there. Um, it, it certainly could well, I be. I have a copy of it. They gave me yeah. a copy of it. Yeah, it's, it's the strangest thing. It just says if it's this motor, if it's this engine with this transmission, do not attempt. To repair it. So is it a problem with the engine or is it a problem with the transmission? They're not saying. Yes, because they don't know. I, I kind of yeah, hard. Yeah. I, I find it hard to believe they don't know because there's usually through their network of General Motors or Ford or, or any dealer's got a network, internal network that they go to when they have cars they can't fix and they can't figure out why. Well, when they go to their network of 5,000 dealers over the United States or you know, 10,000 over the world, somebody has run across a way to fix it somehow, some way. Yeah. And then that just well, gets they must a, know a, about it. They get adopted in. I mean, 
Yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, I'd have to read that. That's that'd be kind of an interesting, interesting situation. I, boy, the only other way around that is kind of maybe what you're doing is is warming it up a little bit. Um, it, it's yeah, not- and I, and it's only a few seconds, fifteen, twenty seconds in the driveway, or when I pull it out of the garage, and then it it drives fine. But it doesn't even die when it loses power. It doesn't die. It just kind of. I mean, I know to get it pulled over immediately, pull it over, and I don't even let it let it warm up for 10 seconds when I pull it over. And then the power comes back, and boom, I'm on my way. You know, it, it just seems like there's some sort of fix to this. I mean, how long ago did you did you do that? Just recently, or is this years ago? Or This, is, this has been going on for about a month, okay. and I had it into my mechanic. In Elkhorn, um, they have several shops around town, so sure. I'm sure you know who they are. Um, and, um, you know, I, I had it in there twice. Uh, when I took it in to schedule it, I didn't shut it down. I, I was doing it at that time, and I drove it in there, and they put it on the computer while it was running. Mm-hmm. And then when I took it back a week later, when they got me in for service, um, they put it on the computer again. No codes, nothing. Um, and, and it's just been in the last five, six weeks that I've had this issue. Never had it before. Yeah. I, you know, you, these cars are, every car is made up of a computer, the wiring and sensors and the computer tells the sensors what to do through the wiring. And if we've got, uh, can lines or bus lines that aren't right, then something's going back and forth. My next stop probably would be the dealership. If they're having a specific problem that says, don't fix, don't attempt. I just, I, I realize you're reading it, and I believe you. It's just that it's, it maybe they haven't figured it out at this particular point. And I think well, I will, somebody must know something, or there wouldn't be a bulletin on it. Exactly. It's maybe they haven't figured it out as of yet. And then I'm wondering okay. if I escalated up the chain through General Motors, what I'm going to get because if I got a car that's got a problem like that that I can't drive, uh, tell me what you can do about it. That kind of thing. That, that'd probably be where I would go. I, I think you might get more satisfaction, maybe some more answers. Maybe, again, they, it's not that the other shop doesn't know. They, it's just they're reading what they see. But you might – this is more special. This is like going to a specialty doctor. You know, you go to the general, okay. you go to the general guy. you got to step it up to the first guy, the, the next guy. you got to go to a specialist, and the specialist would be the dealer. That would be my first stop. Okay. All right. See what I will try doing. that. I'll try anything because I really don't want to give the car up. So. Yeah, if you don't want to give it up and, and they don't have an answer for you, say, well, the, somebody does. To, give me a number to the, the next guy I can call because that's what okay. that's what engineers do is figure out that problems. You know, and if the car only All right, happens, well, if it only happens when thank it's you cold, very much. maybe take it in so they have it overnight so they have it first thing in the morning. Yeah, give them the best opportunity oh, to. That, that, okay. Yeah, yeah they haven't a, done that yet. Yeah, we we have people do that regularly to, uh, it, you know, because experiencing the problem and hearing whatever rattle or noise or pop or creak or whine is is so much easier to fix if we can hear what it is. To say that it happens and hopefully we catch on to what it is is, is much more difficult. So, yeah, it, g- great idea, Carl. Have well, her leave it overnight. Yeah. I, well, actually, I, I I take that back. I did take it in the night before, and I left it overnight. But whether or not they gave it any more than fifteen seconds or any less than fifteen seconds to warm up, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because it only does it when it's not warm, and it only takes a few seconds to warm. So, okay, I'll, I'll take it to the dealer then. 
All right. Sounds good, Sally. Appreciate the call. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Mr. Mechanic, we'll be back in a minute. The Mr. Mechanic Show presents the Mr. Mechanic Show Greatest Hits. Mr. Mechanic. Yes. Change my oil. Okay. All your favorites from the Mr. Mechanic Show. You need an oil change. And you can download it all for free. I love nuts and bolts. Let's burn another quart of oil, baby. what? I said a drip drop. A drip until the drip of your oil pans leaky. Your car won't start. It goes bang, bang, boogie. Your jump start the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to Say what? See, I am Mr. Mechanic. And I'd like to say hello. Just follow us on Twitter at Mr. Mechanic Show. I've worked on ABS, MBG, LED, CNG, ball joints, steering rack, airbag, CBT, fuel pump, ball bearings, dipsticks, spark plugs, kingpin, power steering, CBT, lug nuts, remote starter, powertrain, supercharger, drivetrain, tranny axle, transfer case, water pump, wheelbase. I've fixed everything, man. And like us I- on Facebook, Mr. Mechanic. Let's go, boys. Every week we'll have new comedy bits for you to download. Well, I flattened all your tires, disconnected all your wires, then I stuck a banana in your tailpipe. And it's absolutely free. Now this is a story all about how my wrenches got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I changed the oil on a Chevy Bel Air. Okay, we are back at the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 those numbers to get in. We're going to head straight back into the calls. We've got full banks, so uh, we're going to head over to Roger. Roger's got a 14 Arcadia. Roger, what's going on today? Well, uh, got a four-year-old or four-and-a-half-year-old battery and went to start the other day and all it is click, click, click. So I put it on a charger, and uh, after about an hour or two hours, it showed it fully charged, but... Uh, it's still doing that, and the lights seem the headlights seem to be bright, but it's do still doing the clicking. Like uh, maybe there's not enough amperage in it, or it just won't take a charge. What does it sound like to you guys? <laughs> well, I think you got a bad connection, or if your connections are good, you got a bad battery. It's well, I'm I'm figuring it's bad battery. Yeah. Consider- <laughs> well, it, it's so. It's just it's four years old. The average life of a battery um, in this part of the country, nationwide rather, is about three and a half to four years old. That's it, uh, because we go in extreme heats and extreme colds, and that that's the killer to those batteries. And I I firmly believe that potholes are another big reason for bad batteries. Every yeah. time you come along and you hit a pothole, it those those negative and positive plates inside the battery that lead kind of flakes off um and over a period of time it'll short circuit a battery internally but i've had many of people say you know they drove to uh started up fine at home uh by the time i got to work you know it wouldn't start i say well did anything happen well thing that happened i hit pothole and after that it, it wouldn't start so they take a lot of abuse yeah. those batteries take a ton of abuse the batteries that, that stay inside of a car like maybe this arcadia does they tend to last longer when they are actually in a vehicle um, where they're conditioned with heat and air conditioning. The ones underneath the hood or in the trunk, they just seems like they go bad quicker and faster. Yep. So, yes, I think a battery is where you're going. It's four and a half years old. It's not going to hurt you at all to change it because it's on its way out. Um, well, yeah. Yeah, I, I knew better, and I just kind of – forgot <laughs> yeah yeah and you should be able to go through the instrument cluster i think and have and be able to tell you just kind of what the voltage is to tell you whether it's at uh 
12 volts or whether it's 14 volts. You should be. They should have a gauge there. I think. I I did. I looked at that, and it was it was low. It wasn't it wasn't anywhere near 14 volts. Okay. The battery light on. Yeah. Well, the whole bunch of lights came on. Right. Right. And the last one was just the engine light, but. Yeah. Well, even if you've got an alternator that's bad, you're going to replace the battery at the same time, too. You want to. Uh, because if you've got a battery that's weak like that and won't take um, electricity and store it like it's supposed to, it's it's overworking the alternator, and you'll burn the alternator out. So, yep, go put a battery in it, double-check it, make sure you check the electrical to make sure everything's working fine, and I think you'll be great. Okay, thank you. You bet. Appreciate the call, Roger. All right, we're going to go over to Jay. Jay's got a 98 F-150. Jay, what's going on today? Hi, guys. Always love your show. Um, i got a 98 F-150, and uh, what it does every once in a while, uh, it's got a 4.6 in it, is uh, it'll hesitate when I'm going always around 35, 40 miles an hour where you got to, I'm guessing, shift. You know, that seems to be the same, you know, uh, mileage, you know, when... Uh, neighborhood, you know, 3540, where it changes. It'll sit there and try to hesitate and stutter. I guess the best description would be stutter. Now, I've checked the transmission fluid. It's clean, red, smells fine. It hasn't been changed in about 70,000 miles. I know that's something I need to do, but it, it does that, and it doesn't do it all the time. I just wonder if you guys had any idea why, what might cause that. Well, it sounds, uh, so you have it. Check engine light on, or have you checked any codes that are in it? I I, I did once. I went down to one of the um, auto parts store and I uh, said the only co- I, it had a code, but it was showing low on Freon, which it was. But they didn't see anything else. Huh. Well, that's that's a that's a new code to me. That's a new code to me. I didn't see a. I've never uh, I've never heard a Freon code. They must have. Uh, Improvised that uh, diagnosis scene, well, probably a switch, probably an AC switch or something like that, and said, yeah, that's uh, – but, yeah, okay. That's okay. not causing your problem. My guess, if I had one with this uh, age of car, 98 F-150, you've got a coil that's breaking down. Okay. Um, you can't see it. So in order for the check engine light to come on and be an actual misfire, it has to – have a th- certain threshold that meets inside the computer and i don't remember the threshold but i think it's got to be over top of 50 misfires um and then it, it it banks those 50 misfires and then in in a memory and then it, it it looks for more and then once it sees more it's got a pending code and once it goes from a pending code it goes to a current code so okay. ford because these are so were difficult to kind of for the computer the the computer that was slow back in that day to pick up they put something else in there called mode 6 and mode 6 is a very uh deep dive into every little tiny misfire that it might have on any particular cylinder and so if it's only coming up with 3 or 4 or 5 misfires let's say on number 6 but the rest of them aren't there a shop that has a scanner that can get into that can see that. It can see that it's having a problem with number six where all the rest of them are fine. And, that, and then we start going, eliminating down. We go, okay, well, we know we got number six. We know we got a problem there. Let's take a look at the coil, the plug, injector, vacuum leak, uh, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So 
that that's kind of probably what you're going to have to do. Now, I will tell you, too, uh, Ford, on occasion, if the mass airflow sensor is dirty, will cause a misfire at certain times and have nothing wrong with any of the coils or plugs or anything I just mentioned. Okay. So, uh, you know, I've, I've seen that on an Explorer. Boy, I just seen it the yeah. other day. Ford Freestar. Just had it on a Ford Freestar the other day. I, I drove this car, s- swore up and down to the mechanic that when I drove it in, that it had a misfire on a plug or a coil, and uh, he, he checked it out, cleaned the mass airflow sensor because it had a kind of a growth or something was on there. Problem gone. Yeah, didn't, it doesn't uh, take much on a mass airflow sensor yeah, to make didn't it. have to do anything with plugs, wires, or anything along that line. So uh, that it is critical because that particular wire reads – all the air entering the engine, and if it can't read off of that, it's not going to adjust the fuel injection accordingly. So, okay. I might try some of that. If you guys uh, know, that gives me a lot of good direction. Uh, in the past, I've tried that sea foam to help clean the sensors. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that. Good. There's nothing wrong with sea foam, but the, you're not really cleaning any sensors. You're cleaning the uh, combustion chamber and fuel injectors and the. Uh, Lubricating the fuel pump and things like that, um, but yeah, since I said that I realized. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, but no, it it it's a good thing. It is, but um, start with step one: clean the mass airflow sensor and drive it. Okay. And then if it if it works from there, then you you might your your parts stores are not going to have a scanner deep enough, or maybe they do, but. It's not what they usually do. They just read whatever code's on top. Whatever code is there is always a PO code, and a PO code is an emissions code. Well, I'm here to tell you that you've got many, many, many different modules in there that are also reading other things but don't show up on a, a, can, a scan code at a parts store. You got you got P codes. You got P, PO codes. You got uh, U codes, C codes. Um, there's two or three other ones yeah. that are there. <laughs> Heating, uh, you name it, there's a code for something somewhere in there that, that leads us in a general direction, and then the mechanic takes over and finds out what the rest of the problem is. So, All right. And, and also, if, if you check that code at the, at the uh, parts store, it's probably not giving you any, any codes that you're seeing on the powertrain, which could be transmission issues. So. Okay. Yeah, I was kind of suspect when that person told me that. I, that was a new one on me. Well, I'm going to try what you guys said, and if I can't, then I'll head to your guys' shop on 50th. <laughs> yeah, not everything's an oxygen sensor. Uh, yeah. You know, sometimes you just got to spend time with it and, and uh, do one step at a time until we can you get it fixed. All right. Well, thank you very much. That's you, been very helpful. I appreciate it. It gets me going in a direction. Yeah, you bet. Appreciate the call, Jay. All right, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back and answer more calls. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show, 558-1110. That's the numbers to get in. we got full bank of calls, so we got to get going. Tom, Tom's up. Oh, 14 Subaru Crosstrek. What's going on today, Tom? Yeah, it's got a excessive oil consumption. Okay. Um, they said it's a known problem with that motor. But the question is, can we change the viscosity of the oil to slow that down at all? Uh, yes, but and no. Um, yes is a short answer to try to help it along. It's already burning oil. But 
these cars and most cars nowadays that require oil um, have variable valve timing. And variable valve timing means the viscosity that's going through that particular uh, VVT valve, as we call it, is um, it adjusts your timing accordingly. If it's too thick to get through there, it will not adjust the timing properly, and the performance is going to be either lackluster or it's going to have a problem. So that's kind of why. In in, in a short, I guess a short sentence, that's kind of why. That's what we used to do back in the old days when it was uh, 10, you know, 530. 50, straight 30. Yeah, yeah. we used to throw it, yeah, yeah, (laughs) 10, 40, 10, 30, you know, 20, 50, and the ones that really burned oil because they were pulling up past the rings. And uh, you can can try it and, and see if it does. So have you tried... Anything else to alleviate this problem, like uh, checking the PCB valve, or do they think this is all just kind of internal uh, through the piston rings? That's what we're told. Is it's just through the piston rings, and it's um, it's just a known problem. We've been told that it won't get any worse, but of course, it's it was you know a quart and a half between oil changes, and now it's a quart, quart and a half a month. Yeah. So you're running what zero twenty? Yeah. Full synthetic. If you want to bump it, I would. You could probably bump it one. Go maybe f- uh, from zero thirty, zero twenty, maybe to a five thirty. But that's probably as far as I'd or, go. Or five twenty, maybe. Yeah, or five twenty. That'd be about. And go to a semi synthetic five twenty, five thirty. But that's as far as I would stretch it. And you probably won't have any adverse effects with the VBT. If you if you push it beyond that into the ten thirty, it probably will. Okay. So like a 520 yep. semi-synthetic? Yep, 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 correct. 520 semi-synthetic. That's probably the first step up if, if it's going to do that. You know, and we just got done putting a – and we know that's a problem because we fix a lot of Subarus. And uh, we just – Carl just put a short block in the other day. Yep. You know, put a short block on, had the heads resurfaced, put them checked and put back together. And, and how many miles does that car have on it, Carl? That one had 140, 150. 150,000 miles. So the car was in great shape. They, they knew they were going to keep it, so they invested in it. And uh, so they're just going to drive it out from there. But once we got done with that repair, all the problem was gone. So just, just a thought, just an option. Is that a uh, – how major of a, a deal is that to put a new short block in it? Uh, seven grand. Yeah. I see. But you have to you have to take that – and, and when you when you get into that area, you got to say, okay, what have I done to this car? How great a shape is this car in? And what can I go buy for? You know, it's it's probably paid off for. What what can I go buy for seven grand that I'm not going to have to stick another five into? So right. their decision was, we we've already paid it off. Why not stick seven in it? Now I, I don't have to go find a new car. I already know what I got. I like what I got. And this will just take me down the road for X amount of time. Yeah. So, and if there, if there's a car out there that's just tortured and beat up and they don't take care of it, then that decision's totally different. There's no sense of putting money in it. So, right. Okay. Appreciate yeah, it. You bet. Appreciate the call. All right. We're going to go over to Janice. Janice's got an O2, O2, yeah, O2 Kia Sportage. That's right. My question has to do with the grade of gas to use. I just purchased a car last week, 
and I need to educate myself on the fuel system and what's the best gas to use. Well, inside the uh, the gas cap, it will not the gas cap, but inside the, the gas door, it'll kind of tell you what it prefers. Um, I would oh. imagine the uh, O2 Kia Sportage is probably just going to tell you regular gas that's got 10% okay. ethanol will be just fine. Um, on some upper scale cars, it, it's going to tell you premium, but uh, you should be able to run, you know, the normal, you should be able to run any grade of fuel you want. Okay. And oh. the only thing that you don't want to get in there is E85. Do not use that. But any other regular or, uh, for example, like at our stations, it's regular, silver, and uh, ultimate are all three going to be fine. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You bet. With the ultimate having the best, um, you know, best properties, the best cleaning detergents additives, in there, so uh, additives in there, so, you know, you could probably run regular most of the time, but every once in a while, maybe once every couple of months, fill it full of the ultimate and allow that, you know, 10 gallons, 12 gallons worth of fuel to go through and, and clean all the injectors and clean the, the pistons and just helps out. Oh, okay. I'll, re- I'll make a note in my phone. <laughs> all right. Appreciate the call. Thank you. You bet. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to head over to Dave. Dave's got an 08 Dodge Caravan. Dave, what's going on today? Well, um, you know the electronic keys that these Dodges have? Yeah. Uh, I got one that uh, was actually my dad's van. Uh, put the key in it, and it won't turn. Just come from driving it. Uh, went to went in the store, come out, put the key back in, and uh, the key won't turn. Yeah, those are fun, aren't they? That is a yeah. leftover holdover from Mercedes Benz. You can call them and thank them for that. Um, <laughs> They're a pain, and it basically the end of that key has to go down, and it has to. Um, I don't know what there's I. There's a little. There's a little switch in there that yeah. makes the dinger ding yeah. when the key's in the switch. And it that is. Works. It is. Well, it's got to go down. It knows what it is. You know, Saab had this same problem. <laughs> it, yeah. it goes down. It, it sees. It recognizes it through an infrared kind of deal, and then unlocks that particular switch down below so that it could turn and go. And then so once so you... I have a I have a, a a newer van than that and I took his key and put it in my van switch and it'll let my van switch key turn but my key or his key won't turn his his switch. Yeah. So it's not unlocking it. Right. Yeah. So that so it, the key do you have another key? I'm sure you've tried a different a different key to that particular car, or do you only have one? Uh, you only have one. Yeah, okay. So that particular key, you either got a key fob bad, or you've got the, the actual switch down below, and I'm going to probably say more than likely you've got the switch down below because those were pretty common uh, to go bad. But once you replace it's not a plug-and-play kind of system. you got to replace it, and then you've got to reprogram it, and then you find out, uh, once you do all that, whether your key is good or you've got to have a secondary key also. So sometimes they require a secondary key along with that. Um, I don't I don't think that's one of them that they requires. I think you can just do one once you're doing the reprogramming. So we don't see we don't see a lot of it, but um, do you think it would um, you might be able to reset the system by disconnecting the battery or something? You can certainly try it. 
However, I, I probably give you a uh, 10% chance of that happening. Okay. But, you know, it, I didn't give you a zero. So uh, <laughs> right. I, I would uh, I'd try it. Take negative right, cable, well, negative battery cable off. Hold them together. If not, yeah, you're gonna. That's that's just what's gonna have to happen. When they lock uh, up, they lock up tight, and they will not move. Yeah, you'll you'll break the key before you can turn it. Yep, and that's another three hundred bucks. So be careful with that. <laughs> well, if uh, un, undoing the battery works, I'll I'll let you know. Yeah, boy, if you get it running, drive it somewhere, and and uh, then uh, talk to them before you shut it off. Yeah. All right. All right, Dave. All right. Appreciate Thanks. the call. Yep, All right. We're going to take a quick break, Mr. Mechanic. We've got a couple more calls. We'll get back to you in a minute. All right. We're back. Mr. Mechanic Show. We're firing through the calls today. Oh, my gosh. So we're going to head over to Shane. Shane's got a 13, not 13, 18 Colorado. Shane, what's going on today? Uh, so about a month ago, uh, when you when you uh, are driving it when, it, when you go between second and third gear, It'll shake, and uh, we took it into Chevy, and they told us it was U-joint, so they replaced both the U-joints on the back end and got it back, and it's still doing the exact same thing. Uh, the harder you get on it, the worse it is. So if you're driving real gently, it won't really do it, but if you get on it really hard, it'll about shake you out of your seat. Hmm, so something in the drivetrain. Four-wheel drive? It is four-wheel drive, yes. Yeah. Um, I don't, we don't know. you think it could be something in the transmission, or the transmission has never been touched? Uh, that's kind of where I'm heading. I mean, the only other thing that you've got there is, you know, a carrier bearing that can be, that can be uh, out. I mean, how many miles are on it? Uh, just turned a hundred thousand. Yeah, a hundred thousand. So anything's possible there. Yeah, something in the yeah. differential transfer case drive line. Yeah, that's you know if you if they put U joints in it, my guess is that they put it back to where it was, and you had the problem before it came in. But I mean, if it's got excessive, that's where I'm probably looking excessive play in the uh, in the carrier bearing because I'm sure this is most everything is a four door anymore. This is probably not a two door. Yeah, it's a four door. Yep. Okay. It is a it is a, a Duramax diesel. Um, I don't know if that makes any difference, but um, so it, not really. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't think that. Okay. It just you, you're describing something that sounds like it's in the drivetrain. Yeah, it's like I said. It's uh, the harder you get on it. If you're just busting around town and not doing much, you don't hardly notice it. But if you're pulling out in front of somebody and get after it, uh, it, it just shakes something terrible when it's shifting between second and third. But that's the only gears that it does it in. Once you get past third, then it's fine. Yeah, I think I'm also going to want to look into the computer a little bit and see what codes might be there. It's not going to show up on any particular light. But it's it, you know it's it's going to show up as far as uh, maybe a code in the computer underneath powertrain. Yeah. But then you can also um, they can take a look at it or garage can take a look at it, put it on a scanner and actually see what what's going on on that particular spot. Because um, everything in a transmission needs to be it's all electronic anymore, so it needs to be here, here, here. You know, as far as what happens and if if something's delayed or not going in or 
your pressures aren't right or you know things along that line you, you can see all those values on the scanner and and kind of look at it and say okay well that's that's either all good or i got a problem over here and if it's a problem over there then you can kind of kind of back pat back diagnose it from there so you, you have to just start from the process of elimination but not nothing out of the ordinary that that comes to mind on that particular car they, they've always been pretty good but that's where i'm heading first all right. Okay. Appreciate your time. You bet. Appreciate the call. All right. We were quick. We're out of time already. Wow. Yeah. John, we got one call. Oh, John took off. All right. I was going to answer him off line, but. Yeah. All right. I pre- All right. We were Mr. Mechanic Show. 558 1110 The numbers to get in next week. So we'll help you solve your problem. I'm Bob. I'm Carl. We'll see you next week. Everyone deserves to feel connected. That's why Cox has high-speed internet to fit any budget. For real. Learn more at cox.com ACP. Non-transferable one per household. Application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Other restrictions apply.